0: First episode of
1: the new year, I Think I Know Basketball. I'm your boy, Keese. I'm your boy, Kyrie. Thank you so much for joining us for episode nine. And as always, make sure that you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, the Anchor FM app, and Apple Podcasts. 2020, let's go. But
0: we have to address something first. Yeah. My guy, Kyrie... Is expecting a baby hey look at that <laughs> so we're doing this podcast remotely for the time being we'll get back to the studio but you know he got to be home doing what he got to do shout outs to the wife yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: She's over in the other room. Uh want to no know part of this 'cause uh, you know, sports <laughs> ain't really her thing. But uh yeah, man. Uh, you know. Hey, yo, how did those exercise how did the pregnancy exercising go? You did your job? Yeah, no, I I did I did my job. She was a little frustrated because uh, apparently I moved the couch, uh, you know, when yeah. she was trying to use it to balance and uh, you know, stuff like that. So I got I got chewed out a little bit by coach, but you got to get on your game, man. Yes. Bring your A game. Hey, hey, I'm 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 working on it. You know, I'm, I'm working on my game. You know, I'm working on my 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 doula stuff. You know, so uh, you know, so I can help this little girl come into the world as uh, easily as possible.
0: Dope, man. Shout out to you. So let's start off December twenty fifth,
1: NBA Christmas Day. It was absolutely interesting. Yeah, yeah it was interesting. Th- those were, that was a bunch of pretty decent games, man. Like I feel like generally the the Christmas games are are pretty good and entertaining, if nothing else. Was it what you expected? I think so, more or less. Though I will say I didn't expect to see the Bucks get stomped out like that by Philly. I am about to say, I did not expect that either, fam. That's crazy. Yeah, I think the other games were more or less like you could have figured that. But I- I'll tell you what, and-, and we'll talk about this a little bit later. I feel like I haven't seen anybody play defense on Giannis the way that Joel Embiid was doing for that whole game. It, it makes a really interesting matchup, like in my mind, watching them go at each other. I mean, Joel Embiid has been
0: doing exactly that type of stuff ever since he had that conversation with Shaq and Charles where he's just stepping up to the plate and accepting all responsibility, accountability. That's his team. The Philadelphia 76ers is Joel Embiid's team, Hands and that, that showed me. Hands yeah.
1: down, 100%. Yep. And And I think that, yeah, for the most part, I would say he has been – I would say he really has been shouldering that load. Interestingly enough, though, you know, so they've lost three straight games – Coming into mm-hmm. today, after mm-hmm. you know that Christmas Day win, and a lot of it, it's not really because of Joel Embiid. He didn't even play the last game that they That's were in. He didn't even play the last game, and they got beat. You know, so they lost. Um, you know, a couple of of one point games, uh, one to the Orlando Magic, and then one to the Miami Heat in overtime. And I would argue neither one of those are really Joel Embiid's fault. You know, maybe he missed a couple of shots. In that uh, Orlando game, that he could have made, he probably shot you know one too many threes. But that Miami Heat game, he put up thirty five. He was balling, you know. Yeah, I
0: mean, and the Bucks, the Bucks have kept it rolling ever since too. So, I mean, they're they're like, listen, that was just a one off. We lost on Christmas. It was Christmas butterflies or whatever you want to call yeah. it, and they're back to winning.
1: <laughs> and and I feel like again that that kind of draws the distinction in my mind to what separates the Bucks from most other teams in the league and especially the eastern conference there yes Giannis is killing it but they have a deep team they have a complete team they have a bunch of shooters they have a bunch of guys that can step up and in theory a team like philly has that too for example man like in that orlando game they played just after they beat the bucks like the bench struggled to score like 10 points you know (laughs) and and so it's basically all up to the starters then you had you know the Miami Heat game where Joel Embiid puts up thirty five and goes crazy, puts up a you know thirty point double double, and gotta look for Tobias Harris in the witness protection program because he was That's like, crazy. Four for fifteen, <laughs> like he was terrible. So it's like it just seems like they can't put together a complete performance the way that I mean, the Bucks can.
0: You're not wrong. The Bucks are a complete team. They're a full team, kind of like the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh Let's talk about that other game that happened. The Clippers versus the Lakers. Clippers won, and it's exactly what you've been saying and what I've been saying this whole season is the Clippers have a complete team. But to the Lakers'
1: uh, credit, they did start off cold that game. And, And you see, though, that's an interesting thing, right, because we've talked about this on a couple of different occasions now. You know, the Lakers' credit, they started off cold. They fought their way back in, and they came down to a one possession game where they could have tied it.
0: Patrick Beverly blocked LeBron James, and did you see that stuff afterwards when he's like, "Yo, I remember, you know, I got drafted, and they traded me, and then this and this happened." Yeah, I got, I got a grudge on my, I got a monkey on my shoulder. Oh my God, we
1: already <laughs> talked about Patrick Beverly, and he's he is exactly that kind of guy. He will never forget any slight. He's going to use it to motivate him every time, you know. But but that's the kind of thing they have that edge and I and that energy. And a couple of people brought it up. Who on the Lakers? does that i thought it would have been rondo rondo he's smart you know and he kind of plays his game but he's not like you know a gritty defensive guy who's gonna throw himself all over the place like he's just kind of like that veteran savvy and stuff like that but the other issue with rondo is he can't shoot i was gonna say do you think the lakers are trying to coast into the playoffs because i feel like i haven't really seen real dosages of rondo yet see you know what i'm interested in seeing is okay, like Rondo appears to be part of this playoff rotation and what they want to do later on, but who knows? Maybe he's not. You know, because I feel like they're talking about Darren Collison right now. Actually, the Clippers and the Lakers are vying for Darren Collison's service. Yeah, that's so interesting. I mean, he retired, and yeah. now he's back in the... Somebody
0: said he must be tired of knocking on doors. I yeah. I saw
1: that same <laughs> thing, you know? But again, like, he's that secondary ball handler. He can create a little bit. He can shoot a little yeah. bit. You know, he's, he's a little he's been, bit of a floor general. Yeah, he's been a solid player for a really long time. and And part of me wonders if... You have Darren Collison. Like, do you worry about having Rajon Rondo in the rotation? Do you get rid of him because?
0: I mean, I think it's just a it's an addition. I think yeah. that if if anything we know is that the Lakers bench sucks, <laughs> so they well, need well,
1: somebody that's going to the Lakers. The Lakers bench sucks outside of Kyle Kuzma.
0: Because ...lately has been
1: doing the damn thing. Like Yeah, no Kuzma, Kuzma, it's the hair. It's the hair. <laughs> yeah, he got he got rid of that stupid. Oh my God, man. Those dreads were so they were so bad. Like I I don't mean, know god, what he bro. was doing. It's no, like that it's was the awful. hair,
0: it's the outfits, like whatever Kuzma's doing, you keep doing that. Yeah, Kuzma, what it, yeah whatever, whatever. He looks like one of those guys from Meteor Man. You ever seen that movie? No, man, no. You never seen Meteor Man? No, no. Meteor Man? Oh my no. god I gotta watch you this got now. It. You never seen Meteor Man with Robert Townsend? No, bro. No. Oh my God. Okay. You need to you need to watch this. But that's
1: your homework. That's Yeah, yeah your that, homework. that's you that's awesome. my homework for paternity leave. But you know, so you know, Kyle Kuzma's putting up twenty-four points off the bench and all that, but then who else you got scoring? You know, Dwight Howard is is playing well still, he is, but but he's not going to be that Dwight yeah. Howard that you
0: had. He's not, he's not that scoring machine. You know what no, I'm he's, not he's not definitely a presence
1: down low, though. Yeah, he's not putting in 2010 games. He doesn't have an outside game to speak of, right? And so, again, who is scoring outside of this one other dude, right? And so I don't think the Lakers have that. The Clippers have that. They have that all over the place. They have, like, three dudes who can come off the bench and destroy it for you. I mean, Lou Williams is Lou Williams. I mean, he's been a bucket since day one. But, you know, Landry Shammett can hit you some threes. You know, Patrick Beverly can hit you some threes. You know, in the starting lineup, off the bench, you know, whatever you want. Montrez Harrell, I'm a big fan. You know, I'm I'm swiftly becoming a bigger Montrez Harrell fan all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they just have a nice team, man. And so I wonder how how this is going to be. You mentioned the coasting into the playoffs part. And on a LeBron James team, like, he's coasting. You know, yeah, he, and so you know, yeah, he'll put up his odd thirty-point night or whatever. But he's chilling right now and and just distributing the ball. I have a feeling when it comes to the playoffs, he's not gonna be like that because when it comes to the playoffs, he's he's a different dude. But yeah, but
0: he's also not the best player in the world right now, and the best player in the world mm. hasn't been consistent. Kawhi Leonard, like, what is going on with Kawhi Leonard? I don't get it for me. Like, is it lo- Is the load management
1: mess? Like, I don't, is he injured? Like, what's well, well, the, the, the knee thing maybe I think is, is being the issue with him. And, you know, uh, you know, he might not be completely healthy. I also like, I'm not with calling him the best player in the world. I, I don't, <laughs> because, because to me, Giannis is the best player in the world. And yes, I know. He's, what? Yes. Dude, look at him. He's running away with the MVP, man. It's still LeBron fam.
0: Okay. I was I was I was joking. It's still LeBron. You know that, right? (sighs) Maybe I'm following LeBron had a triple double in the game against Giannis. They only lost by like two points
1: or something. I think maybe I'm trying a little bit too hard, (laughs) you know, to, to to pass the torch when it hasn't necessarily been passed. I've talked about it a million times and I know that LeBron is coasting. But but look, man, like Giannis is he's the he's the MVP. You know, he's running away with it right now. I don't think LeBron is the guy. But with Kawhi, man. It's, I've noticed this about both the Bucks game and the Lakers game and, and these primetime games that people play against the Lakers. I really feel like Kawhi entered that game acting like he wanted to prove something. And I don't think yeah. LeBron cares about proving anything in the regular season. He doesn't... I don't think LeBron cares about proving anything, period. Because, uh, because, okay, what does he have to prove? And we'll talk about, you know, what he's done later on, and we'll get into that. But, you know, Kawhi is is that guy right now where he's still coming for the crown. You know, yeah, he, he's, got, he's got two titles. He's got two finals MVPs. Like, yes, right, for sure. But he doesn't have that established legacy yet. And so I think that, you know, in big games like that, he killed the Lakers. He was the best player on the floor in that game, hands down. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Fact. But you look at the games he had after that, and he's putting up Bad. six for twenty-four. He stunk it up, man. He's terrible. Stank, stink. <laughs> like, like, like I'm sorry, man. Like, like Kawhi objectively has been booty.
0: <laughs> you know, you know. So ultimately, we had pretty much games yeah. of, of all the powerhouses from each conference going head to head, and there wasn't anything that happened that was too crazy. The only thing that happened that was wild is the Bucs getting, like, really beat by Philly. But everything else kind of fell
1: right into place. Yeah, and it's one of those deals where, like, tell me what you think about this. D- did anything that happened on Christmas Day or anything during the holiday weekend, anything that you saw change your outlook on the season at all? Yeah. I looked at the
0: standings for the NBA, right, over okay. the week. And I was just, just just curious just to see what was going on. And Atlanta's the last team in the Eastern Conference.
1: Oh my God, man!
0: I did not see that. The, the yeah. Knicks are better than the Hawks right now, and that's crazy because the Hawks have so much more talent. Yeah, they do. They do. I don't want to say that. I don't want to say they have so much more talent, but they have a better system. They have a better. I, I like them. I like
1: them, Oiled machine. I like you them, them better long term than I like the Knicks. And and because Trey Young is— Yo, 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 the Hawks are worse than the Warriors right now. Yeah, that's that's really rough, man. That I, I, di- I didn't see that coming. And, and you know, you bring up the Hawks, right? So we talked about this a little bit earlier, that another team that I thought was going to be better, the Detroit Pistons, are thinking about blowing the whole thing up. They're over here talking about trading Andre Drummond. You know, their, their mainstay, they drafted him. He's been a star for them. For years now but basically they're they're fading to the bottom of the east too and so yeah. they're kind of looking at that whole thing like well uh you know man i feel bad job. for blake griffin uh-huh, <laughs> i feel yeah. bad for blake well we're going to talk about that later in cash and trash because cash and trash because i feel like blake griffin you know he he got screwed and and i feel like you know i kind of he's
0: continuing to get
1: screwed <laughs> Yes, and i feel like i felt you know I wasn't sure about Blake Griffin for a little while, right, because he was a star, but he was always hurt. But I feel like he really he, – he showed some guts for this Detroit Pistons franchise after the Los Angeles Clippers unceremoniously sent him packing. And you know, now it's like hes he's not as explosive as he used to be. He's struggling to stay healthy, and now they're just – destroying this whole thing around him because they're seeing that the formula that they tried to make to, you know, make the playoffs and maybe make a run in the East is not working. And, like, I wonder yeah. where he goes from here.
0: I don't know. He's probably going to go home. But another thing that i seen that was very interesting to me, um, not even that i seen that was interesting, but something I, I was just keeping an eye out for is the Oklahoma City Thunder. For Yo, some man, reason... We didn't see that coming, I don't think. I didn't see that coming either, but for some reason, I like this new Chris Paul. I like the leader... Like, the, the quiet leader. You know what I'm saying? Like, Shai Gilgeous-Alexander. I Alexander like Shai. And, oh, my God. I love Shai. Like, I want to make a trade for Shai in my fantasy basketball league. Yep. But for some reason, all these guys in my fantasy basketball league won't make no trades with me. And it's just kind of getting ridiculous. I'm calling you guys out. It's, it's making yes. me mad. Yes, But But Shai, I love him. I love him with Schroeder. I love him with Chris Paul. I love that whole three-guard tandem right there. Yo, I like Nerlens Noel.
1: Let me ask you a question real quick. I saw a tweet yeah. earlier that somebody was like, Shy Gilga's Alexander, Loki is a top 40 player in the league. What do you think? Yo. Do you think that's a good case? I, I agree with him.
0: I agree with him. Put some respect on that man's name, man. Put some respect on that man's name. He's a
1: young gun, man. Like, we have all these young players that, that we're, we're looking out for. you are know, coming into the season, and we slept on them. We did. Yeah, No. Nah, I mean, I, I've i said I liked them.
0: I've been saying I like them. I didn't. I I didn't know what to expect from OKC because of the Chris Paul situation. I thought he was just going to be a disgruntled player. But that's not necessarily the case.
1: Chris Paul is accepting his role, and he's playing it really, really well. The thing is, like, man, I'll tell you what. You can say, you know, whatever you want about Chris Paul. And, you know, sometimes, like, you know, he rubs people the wrong way. Like, it's been like that for a little while. But the guy's a competitor. You know, and he might be thirty-five years old, or, or you know, whatever. But he knows how to. He knows how to play. No, he basketball. knows how to play. He knows how to play basketball. All right, so let's
0: keep it moving to some more news in the NBA. And this isn't really news, but this is like a hot take. It was like a
1: a tweet that we've seen earlier. Uh-huh. Brandon Ingram. So for y'all that that have kind of been checking us out a little while, we we've been really high on Brandon Ingram throughout this year and what he's been doing. For yeah. the New Orleans it didn't Pelicans. Start, it didn't start out that way.
0: It didn't start out that yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. We had
1: to put some respect on his name. Yeah, we we did, we did. Um, you know, what he's been doing for the New Orleans Pelicans since Zion Williamson has been out all year and he's still not back. And really, you know, Brandon Ingram is you know, he's the best player on the team. And he's been the best player them. on their team. That's his team right now. Like, okay, let, let me tell you something right here. Did you know that Brandon Ingram right now is averaging at this particular point in time? the exact same points per game averages that both LeBron and Kawhi Leonard are right now. Wow. Did you know that? 20, know. 25.3 know. points a game. This man is putting up LeBron and Kawhi numbers right now. That's wild. He's shooting 41% from three. Like, yo, we talked about earlier in the year, like if this man could just figure out a three-point shot, like he'll be he'll be cooking. And it's like, right, so, look at it. Look at what he's
0: yeah. doing. No, you're not wrong. So this is, this is why we're bringing him up. Yes. He was asked a question. I don't know what the question was. I, I, don't, I don't know. I just seen a, a picture of the quote. And the quote says, when I look at other guys, I'm like, this MF got an extension? Oh, my God. Man, we can lace up right now and play one-on-one to 15, and this MF won't score. That's how I look at it as a competitor. Now, with that being said, do you think that Brandon Ingram is a max contract player right now because the players
1: that he's yeah. talking about are you, you you know some of the players right yeah, yeah, so so let me go ahead and give some context to this quote, so this comes from an e s p n story and and it's all about and it's about previewing Brandon Ingram returning to l a the team that drafted him, the city that drafted him, he played against them last night, so ahead of that game, andrew lopez of e s p n uh, you know, was interviewing some teammates about Brandon Ingram and trying to find out some some stuff about him and talking about the leadership role that Brandon Ingram has been assuming with this team and the way that, you know, he's transforming into this top player that everybody kind of knew that he could be. And so, yeah. you know, this, one of the stories goes, like, Josh Hart, who was his teammate in L.A. and is now his teammate mm-hmm. over in New Orleans, was talking about how he tried to chase down Kelly Oubre Jr, you know, who is going to get a free dunk and he was like, "No, man, I'm not going to let that happen because if somebody else sees me not going hard, then they're not going to go hard." And so it's like that example of how he's transformed. And he's becoming a leader. Yeah. Yeah, and and so he's becoming a leader and the the quote that happened there is kind of talking about how he ended up in New Orleans and you know the fact that LA didn't stick with him, they traded him. And some of it had to do with, you know, the crazy injury he had, you know, so he, he suffered a, a venous thrombosis. So basically he had like a, a, a clot, you know, that happened, you know, in his arm and yeah, he got yeah. shut down for the entire year last year. And then he ends up getting traded in the off season when the Lakers go get Anthony Davis. And so he was mm-hmm. part of that whole deal. And so he probably would have got a, he probably would have got a deal if he played. I think so, because I think that he was starting to figure it out a little bit last year alongside LeBron. Like he didn't quite have the three point shot, but he was getting more aggressive. He was starting to kind of develop into a little bit of a young star. And obviously LeBron coming out of his show. Yeah. And LeBron obviously, you know, wanted AD and, you know, that whole thing kind of looked like it was, it was set in motion and they were going to, the Lakers were going to do whatever they needed to do to make it happen. But essentially what Ingram is saying is, you know, that injury, you know, kind of set him on the path he is now. He doesn't have a new contract yet, but he's looking at guys that did get new contracts, guys like Jalen Brown with like ben Simmons. Brown. Yeah. And so like with other, other people. So, so it's, Ben Simmons, who re-upped with Philadelphia for 170 million over the next five years, Jalen Brown. And at that point, when he did that, he didn't hit a three yet. Yeah, yeah, he, had, he had, <laughs> this, this man had not hit an NBA three yet, and he got the max deal. Jalen Brown, who was drafted one spot after Ingram in that 2016 draft class, and uh-huh. he got four years, 115 million dollars from the Celtics. We all know about Crazy. that one. And mm-hmm. then, but he healed the number six pick in that draft, got four years, $106 million. And so he's looking at these guys like, I mean, come on, man. Like, I'm balling. I'm balling better than these dudes.
0: I mean, first off, I think that he is definitely... All right, all right, all right. I got to make sure I say this clear. Because I think Buddy Buddy Hield is a good player. I do think Brandon Ingram's better than him. Now, I think Brandon Ingram may be... Right now, I think him and Jalen Brown are about the same. I definitely think that he's a more... I don't think he's a more complete player than Ben Simmons, but he's more of an offensive force. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's ben, a Simmons has, ben Simmons has things that, that you just can't really measure. You yeah. know what I'm saying? He's, he's, in his intelligence in the half
1: court, the way, he, the way he passes, like he's got some just raw playmaking power. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so it's it's just interesting, but just to see Brandon Ingram talking this spicy lets me know that he is coming for everything that he deserves, and that's his. And he he may feel a little wronged by the Lakers. He may feel disrespected by the league and people not putting respect on his name. And that and he's literally just he's literally just yeah. proving that with his play this
1: year. And and you know what? To answer your question, because I didn't forget about your question. <laughs> so I feel like this Brandon Ingram. Yes, this Brandon Ingram is a max player i I feel like that's clear. The issue with the issue with him, and I feel like what might prevent him from getting a max deal has been you know it's the health like like what happens if you know a freak injury like that happens to him again you know and and he kind of struggled with that in his first couple of years where he kind of didn't get on track because he was still too small he didn't have the the well-rounded game yet and so you're looking at this guy who maybe he's playing for a contract and he's trying to stake his claim this like if Brandon Ingram is this guy or he can be better than this then and, and I think he can be I say yeah I say he is. I max. think that if those guys are max guys, then I think he's a max guy. The problem for him is the body of work, and he doesn't mm. quite have it yet. Yeah, I
0: think that once Zion comes back, it's going to lighten the load for some of the tougher decisions that Brandon Ingram's making in the game. Maybe he's not. And again, he has great stats and he's not taking bad shots. But you know, he maybe, he maybe is doing a little overcompensating right now because the team's not at full strength. And honestly, we don't really necessarily know what Zion's going to bring to the table yet because he still hasn't played his first basketball game. I mean, we could look at the preseason and look at things like that and say, like, oh, man, Zion's going to ball out. But I really do think that Zion's play
1: is going to affect everyone on that Pelicans roster Immediately. And and I mean, you expect that because I mean he's he was the number one pick. You know, he's a special playmaking, you know, talent and athletic force. And, you know, don't don't get it twisted. You know, people talk about, oh, they're gonna change the way he walks and runs and the way he eats, like Man, when Zion comes back, he's still gonna be jumping out of the gym. Okay. That's still gonna be happening.
0: So yeah, this is a fact.
1: Yeah. So so when he gets on the court, you're gonna see him maybe bullying people a little bit more, you know, in, in the post and making these hustle plays and maybe learning how to be a, a playmaker. But I still think that Brandon Ingram, I, I feel like what he's doing right now, you gotta look at him, you know, until further notice as the number one offensive option on that squad. Cause like Zion could be special but he still can't shoot. So Man, I just I love think.
0: spicy talk from basketball players. Oh, like, God I just damn, love man. that.
1: I love that, oh, I'll beat them.
0: They won't even score. <laughs> it's like, word. Like, the people he's talking about is Jalen Brown, Ben Simmons, buddy. These are the people he's talking about. Yeah. He'll beat them in a one-on-one up to
1: 15, and they won't score? I, mean, I love me, that. That's He'll entertainment. Be, he would beat Ben Simmons. I'll tell you that. He would beat Ben Simmons. I don't know about the other two but, but, but that's the thing. it's not it's not even it's not so much about whether or not he would beat them it's it's the mentality right this man is coming and that's what i'm saying going. the mentality i love the mentality yeah i absolutely do too so arguably the biggest story going on in the nba right now we haven't quite touched on it it's not really that happy of a story is uh the passing of former nba commissioner david stern uh he passed away on new year's at age 77 he was he was commissioner for 30 years. Uh, he worked with the league even longer than that. I mean, he was working for them like in the you know late 60s and 70s and stuff like that. He'd been around the league for a really long time and really was responsible in so many ways for making the NBA – what it is today. I mean, so, this man yeah. went and took the playoffs off a tape delay
0: and put it on live TV. I don't even know what the NBA is if it's not live. You know what I'm saying? It's like this is the, this man is the reason why I'm watching basketball the way it is now. I mean, he's the dream yeah. team. The dream it, team. Oh, yes. Right? You know what I'm saying? These are things that people don't, the WNBA, the whole WNBA would yeah, not have happened if it wasn't for David Stern.
1: Absolutely, and, and you know people rag on the WNBA and stuff like that, but he believes it's in that. It's a great league. The WNBA you know, is a great league. Low, first low off. key, it really is. Like I gotta say, man, like I was really. It's high key, it, not even low key.
0: High key, the WNBA is great. If I was the, getting, I was getting into the playoffs. Man. The really playoffs, WNBA
1: playoff basketball is some of the best basketball you can watch. It's real basketball. Like, people are like, oh, they're not dunking and stuff like that. Man, you watch, watch these women play, man. Yeah, it's like they, you don't they need... They know how it's like they got to
0: get the ball in the hoop without dunking. So, yeah, it's a little harder, boy. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like just because they're not over here skywalking, like, they can who. Like, you need you need to check this out. And, I mean, a and- lot of them women have beat a lot of the men in the league, so oh, I don't even know man, what to say. I, I, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Like, people want to talk about, like, oh, yeah, like, I bet you, like, a D3 or D2, like, you know, college player can, like, beat a WNBA player. It's like, you know, go ahead and put them on the floor with Maya Moore and watch her eat them up. Yeah, Cause
0: yeah, cause, yeah. Because yeah. she's a
1: bucket getter, bro.
0: She is, she is. But David Stern, man, he did so much. Like you said, he he brought the NBA to make it. It's a, it's a global game.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, one one thing that I saw earlier that I read, you know, during David Stern's tenure, the NBA played nearly 150 international games, televised in more than 200 countries and territories More than 40 languages, like I was reading, you know, some testimonials from international players like, you know, Thomas Sadoransky, he's a guard with the Bulls right now. And he was just talking about how, you know, in a lot of ways, like David Stern is the reason why he's in the NBA right now, because he globalized the game. Like I think about you you mentioned that you mentioned the dream team, right? You know, so he, you know, kind of opened the door for that. But then, like, in that same Olympics and stuff like that, you had international stars like Tony Kukoc playing for Croatia. He came to the NBA and had a nice long NBA career. Like, they made he it won attractive championships to come with here. Michael Jordan. Yeah. They, <laughs> like, they made it you know, attractive and global. And you could argue that in terms of global significance, right, because in America, football is king. But Listen,
0: listen, listen. How about this? We wouldn't be watching Luka do none of the stuff he's doing right now if it wasn't for David Stern.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that Luka Doncic, you know, a possible MVP candidate, like within like a couple of years, that is part of David Stern's legacy. And like what I was going to say is, you know, aside from soccer, you know, football, right, you know, uh, like real football, basketball may very well be the most universal sport in the world it's, it's up there in the conversation that you could talk about it you know it's it's so popular it's so universal and you know i think that we owe that a lot to david stern for that um it's interesting because along, on that same vein a lot of people talked about the fact that david stern was not always the nicest dude you know and, and he wasn't always the easiest guy you know to kind of get along with and he I really mean, wielded his his league and he ruled that with an iron fist I am about to say, I mean, Chris, you could ask Chris Paul.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like Chris Paul could have been a Laker, man.
0: Yeah, David Stern stopped that. So, yeah, no, he definitely
1: ruled with an iron fist. And, and you know, like, you know, I saw some tweets where they were talking about, you know, like, yeah, you got like guys like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Michael Jordan and stuff like that, um, you know, talking about uh, how great he was and, and how his legacy is so inassailable. But, uh, you know, I saw somebody tweet out, like, yeah, you should ask somebody like, Craig Hodges or Mohammed Abdul Raouf about him, you know, and, and if you're not familiar with those guys, um, they're guys that people kind of speculated that they got blacklisted from the NBA for crossing David Stern. In particular, you know, uh, Abdul Raouf was a guy that uh, uh, kind of in that early colin kaepernick vein of you know people kind of noticed that he wasn't quite respecting the national anthem the way that they wanted to see and so he kind of got the kaepernick treatment before kaepernick did in a lot of Mm ways and and that's the thing like david stern was he was all about growing the league and making it more popular there was a little bit of that don't mess with the money he did not abide rebels you know, yo, so I'm we on
0: only a game this week, we aired a story about Tamika Ketchens, right? Yeah, now Tamika yeah. Ketchens' father played in the NBA, all right? So, do I say any of this to say this at a certain point in Tamika Ketchens' life when she was younger, she threw away her hearing aids, mm. right? Because she, she was tired of being, you know, singled out and stuff like that, yeah. But at the same time, her father was an NBA player for 11 years, yeah, her family couldn't afford to buy her new hearing aids Man. now i say that to say that's how different the nba was back then than it is now players are making so much more money the tv deals the all that type of, a lot of that stuff comes down to david stern like you said don't mess with the money and yeah. that and he's saying that because he's putting people in a position to get money
1: yeah and you know what the interesting thing though is like on that same note David Stern, you know, he he had a background as a lawyer. You know, he 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 started with the NBA, you know, working in, like, the legal department. And, oh, so he had the cheat sheet. Yeah, and, and so when it came to, you know, collective bargaining agreements, he was kind of ruthless, you know, when it came to, you know, working with the players. and that's, And that's the thing, right? It's like, you know, when it came down to it, yeah, he was trying to make the game more popular, but he was still the man you know, and the man ain't about you know, handing out money to, you know, all the employees, like he's still running a business. And so, you know, there, there were these multiple sides to him that I feel like people are trying to talk about, you know, along with obviously all the great things he did for the league. And I just find it interesting to watch it all play out. But one thing that you cannot dispute is that David Stern, um, you know, the NBA would not be what it is without David Stern. And honestly, I'm reading this great, piece where they're you know this guy is talking about how in a way david stern built a league so big that he couldn't even lead it yeah <laughs> that's wild and with
0: that we're gonna wrap up the decade and jump into our new segment that you debuted on our last episode Now shout out to you for coming up with this man because I-, I love cash and trash Yo. and we're gonna do the best and worst of the decade cash and trash I was about to say, first off, I'm old. Because
1: all the stuff I thought yeah. of was in the decade before this. Well, yeah, totally. Because I was thinking stuff like, man, wouldn't it be so great if we could talk about the malice in the palace? And I'm like, man, that happened in 2004, man. That's, too, that's I was way thinking too about ago. Iverson, I was thinking about Iverson stepping over to Ron Lu. We uh, got to go back in time. We got to <laughs> go back in time. You know, but maybe that's the thing. Maybe when we get on down the road, we can start looking back at subsequent decades because there would be some good stuff. But let's talk yeah, about yeah. this decade. First one mm-hmm. that came to my mind... Uh, was actually Kobe Bryant's final game in the NBA. So this I was I was loving it. I was loving it. Absolutely, man. So you know, Kobe Bryant twenty sixteen, you know, he said he was gonna retire. You know, he he kinda been on the on the decline. He'd been hurt and stuff like that. And so he had his farewell tour for a whole year. I got all this love from around the league. You know what was interesting is that was the same night that the Golden State Warriors were going to break the seventy two win record. So I was kinda I had NBA uh, you know, .com. I had the package at the time, so I was flipping back and forth between the games, and when it you know, seemed obvious that the Warriors were going to run away and win their 73rd game, I was like, okay, whatever, I'm going to stay and watch Kobe. And just like, it was incredible. It-, it was an incredible performance because it was the most Kobe thing of all time. This man took 50 shots. Like, (laughs) like, like like, I'd be like, "That's Kobe, though. That's Kobe." You don't always see a team. That's like almost all of a team's shot taking sometimes for for a whole game. And he took fifty shots by himself to drop sixty points. But it wasn't even just that. It was the atmosphere because it wasn't even just he just dropped some meaningless sixty points. He put them. He brought them back, and won the game.
0: Kobe. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> no, that One was... of the things that... One thing that I thought about with the Kobe Bryant last game was just all the celebrities in the building and all the memes it that we got that... that was... Oh, God, yeah. The, listen, the memes from that game are still living today. Like, it is so... Anytime something happens, they start... Like, the Snoop Dogg clips. Like, all those yeah. clips from that game of people just seeing him score is just like... You know, and then one of the things from the past decade is that game when Kobe came to watch the Lakers and he got up and left early... <laughs> yep. Like, every-
1: yeah, man. Those, those two, those things go hand to hand, man. So, so I okay. I hear you got a trash that you want to talk about.
0: Well, in two thousand and fourteen,
1: uh huh.
0: Right, Carmelo Anthony announced that he was going to return to the New York Knicks. Uh, what? Uh, <laughs> no. It's like just think about where his
1: career would be right now if he didn't go back to the Knicks. Oh my God. You know, and just generally, man, the New York Knicks as a franchise, I think they were the only team in they So I believe the New York Knicks were the only team in the whole decade that did not win a playoff series. I can't remember. Maybe they didn't even win a playoff game. I got to check that out because like the, uh, the, the, the ownership, the the organization, just top to bottom, is just just awful. And you know, obviously, we know about you know the last few years where they've been at the bottom of the league this entire time. And it's just, when are they going to yo? They they're of- not at the bottom of the league right now.
0: The Hawks are. The Hawks are the worst team in the NBA. Put some respect on the Knicks. Man, we've been we've been calling the Knicks the worst team, and they're not. You know, like right now, they're not. We got to give them a little bit of respect. They still suck, but you know. Well, they're the worst <laughs> franchise of the decade. That, that's wait, wait, wait. Me. The, only, the thing that I have to go hand in hand with that trash yeah. of Carmelo Anthony going back to the Knicks that same year, LeBron James went back to Cleveland and that was cash that was absolutely
1: cash bro like you because that gave us the 2016 finals baby so so okay like when when that happened right because like it or not you know we're trying not to overdo it here with lebron james but like it or not he's kind of the son that the nba revolves around you know and and yeah yeah, i mean specifically for this last decade i mean he went to an eight straight fight like come on really yeah absolutely and so like when that happened right like I don't know, what you think about that? Like, when he... he you know, because the whole decision thing happened and everybody hated him for that, and I want, I want to touch on that for one of my other caches, but... One of the uh, things, what I thought about it was, as a
0: man, right, he knew that the way that he left was messed up. Yeah. He came back and said he wants to try to... He, he wanted to try to do right by the city and do right by everybody. He came back and he did it. And that's what I like. You know what I'm saying? And for me, it's about taking accountability. You know what I'm saying? That man... He, what he meant to Cleveland before he left, I don't think people really understand. Like, the economy took a hit. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Cleveland economy he took was a his hit. his own economy. like you know. it, Literally, literally. Like, he left, and the Cleveland economy took a hit. Like, like so, Chicago's like, not going to
1: tank with Michael Jordan leaves town. Yo, you know? it's like, crazy, but it's so, like the so, United States so so that 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 sells makes, out, like, every fucking game. You know what I mean? Like, even when the team's yeah. bad. But when LeBron James leaves, it's a different deal.
0: Yeah, but the fact that he came back, you know that he had to have that stuff in his mind. Like he he's aware of this stuff, so he had to accept that responsibility. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, it just shows me where he's at mentally as a man. And then for him to go and accomplish that, especially with that 2016 finals run, the block, it's like man, oh uh, yeah. I, I got, so what I you got? got I
1: gotta say, you know, just to kind of you know go on off of that, you know, like to do that. You know, with that team, the way that it was done, coming back from 3-1 and beating arguably, arguably the greatest regular season team of all time. The NBA has ever seen And you know, by the numbers. I mean, like 70, you know, 73 and nine, they were right to beat that team is one of the greatest accomplishments. Like, like, I'm sorry, man, is one of the greatest accomplishments in team sports. Listen, I remember where I was at when that happened. Me too.
0: I was in I was in New York. I could not I believe have, it. I still have. The, I was in New York at a house with like five girls. It was like I was the only dude, and they was like, "Hey, you want to come watch the game?" And I'm like, y'all about to watch the game? I didn't have no way to watch the game, so I was like, "Damn!" And I wanted to really watch it back in Boston. I wanted to go home and watch it back in Boston, but I watched it in New York and Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And I was going crazy, and it was just funny watching them watch me watch the game because I was so emotionally
1: in it. (laughs) Like, we are going, we couldn't help it, man. Oh my god, how long was that where nobody scored? It was like five, like four or five minutes where nobody scored. Oh my god, and and then in in the fourth quarter, the final five minutes, oh
0: my god, everybody's
1: drained, they're just out there. That Kevin
0: Love played on Steph Curry in that final, like 30 seconds. Kevin Love was out there doing the Kevin Love
1: Juke Shuffle. Like I don't know what was going on with his feet, but he was moving them. Yeah, Ke- Kevin Love has never played defense like that in his life, and he never will. You know, and he just, never will. And he I, never will. You know th- that sequence of plays, man. It was there was like a minute apart when Iguodala breaks out from the pack and makes that bounce pass to Curry, and you know Curry's going to give it back, and he's going to score. You know he's going to score. And LeBron teleported. I, I just don't. I just don't know any other way to say it. I don't know how he got there. I still don't know how he did you it. You know what's
0: funny though? One thing I always think about with that game is after that, when LeBron went for that dunk attempt and he missed, he he almost broke his arm or whatever. Yeah. And he missed that. For like, it's like I be feeling. like LeBron is such a great actor. You know what I'm saying? He is such a great actor. But he he, bro- he broke. Man, he broke his wrist, and then it was fine. But if he didn't make that free throw, like he's supposed. First off, he's supposed to knock down both of them. But if he didn't make that free throw, we could have been having a completely different conversation right now. We
1: really could have. And I'll tell you what: if he made the dunk, if he made the dunk, the world would have ended. Like Twitter. Oh, if he if he made the dunk, the Warriors would have had to trade everyone. If he made the dunk, the game would have been over. It would have been called on technicality. You know, uh, LeBron would still be flexing about it. Uh, Twitter would have would have shut down like it would have just collapsed into a black hole like it would have been just over. But as it is, man, like and then and then we didn't even talk about Kyrie shot, man, like I, w- I jumped out of my seat when LeBron made the block. And then when Kyrie hit the shot, I so for for context, I'm, my- I'm bitter. I'm bitter. I'm bitter about this. So, yeah, I know. I know. I know. So I'm bitter about this. I just got to say, though, my dad bought me the black Kyrie Irving playoff jersey that day. And gave it to me. And so I wore it for the game because I was low. Like I, I I, wanted to see the Cavs do it. I I have a soft spot for underdogs, man. I always have, you know, and also I'm Kyrie. Like too. most of America. Yeah. So, <laughs> and so I'm also Kyrie. So it made sense. And mm-hmm. I just was just like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. He did not, he did not make that shot. I could like, like you're, you're, you're right, man. Like emotionally, you're just in it. And, and you know, just to talk about it, like it, it's, it's my favorite basketball memory of the last decade and Probably one of my favorite ones of all time, aside from being a little boy that stayed up just long enough to watch Michael Jordan hit his last shot for the Chicago Bulls and win that final. Mm, like I was, I remember that. I would say that the 2016 Finals ranks just behind that as my favorite basketball man, memory. Dirk got his ring
0: in this in this decade.
1: Yep, my my other cash man. Like like okay, like th- you wanted to see that, didn't you? You wanted to see the. I Rams mean, win, I right? wanted to see. I wanted to
0: see. All right, all right. I'll say this. I wanted to see them get that ring. yeah a ring yes specifically that finals against the heat yeah I wanted to see like you said like like you said, it's so hard to not talk about LeBron James when you talk about he was he's in all the conversation but so to, to see Dirk get the ring, I was really happy but I did want to see the Miami Heat win the championship that year. like I
1: wanted yeah. to see the not one. Not two, not yeah. three no, i you, want, you wanted that, to see them you wanted to see them back it up you know i I wanted to see them lose, I'm not going to lie, you know, I kind of had that feeling like you know I wanted to see the underdog win, and they won, and it was an incredible moment for dirk. I'm really glad he got it because you know he's 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 just he's all a famer you like he's going to go in you know, first ballot and he deserves it. He deserved to get that ring. And though the next year I was happy to see LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and stuff, get that ring and all that as well. So yeah, that was my other cash was dirt in and, and the Mavs pulling off, you know, what looked like the impossible against one of the other juggernauts. Mm. Um, so another trash that happened for me, bro. So we talked about Blake Griffin a little while earlier. I think I kind of teased this, uh, yeah, Blake yeah. Griffin getting screwed by the Los Angeles Clippers, man. That's rough. That that really that got me when that happened. It's like just when you wild. It's like how they try. Like you said, they tried to. What was the situation when Blake Griffin was up for a max contract extension? The Los Angeles Clippers, you know, wooed him, right? You because know, he was a, you know suited. You know, so he had a lot of suitors in free agency. A lot of people yeah, wanted to you know lure him away, and he was fresh the, off a of lob city. Yeah, yeah, and and you know he was the the kind of the last room well no he wasn't the last remaining one uh but but you know so he was there like you know he was the main guy because chris paul was was gone by this point so they were trying to keep blake griffin around and so they were like you know yeah man like they they did a whole presentation where they like showed blake griffin's number being retired you know hanging from the rafters and all that stuff kind of playing on it like man we want you to retire here you know this is your franchise this is your home and then they (laughs) traded him (laughs) Like man, don't ever, don't ever talk to me about loyalty. To oh my god! Don't ever talk to me about like players should be loyal to the franchise. Man, they're not loyal to you. Get that no. out. Of here, man. No, the organization no, organization doesn't care about you.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy. One other trash thing that happened in the past decade that you're yeah. bringing up loyalty, and I don't know if it's it's trash. It gave me some some. It, it's a trash situation. Oh, I think I know what you want,
1: but yeah, it doesn't. Ahead, it, it doesn't
0: necessarily for me personally. It, it wasn't trash, and uh, uh, I, right. it and the Celtics.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what I thought.
0: yeah, that that like what you just said about Blake Griffin, that was trash. How the Celtics did it, you know? I mean, it it was trash because morally, I feel like it may have been trash,
1: but business
0: wise. It was a great decision.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's like you kind of feel conflicted about it, you know, because, yes, business-wise, it was a good decision. They got a better player out of it. IT couldn't stay healthy. You know, and he's not he's not the same player anymore. He gave them, you know, he gave the Celtics what he had, and, you know, they decided he wasn't worth the max, and they ended up being right. At the same time, you're just like, man, after everything that he gave, after all the stuff he played through and went through, it's just rough.
0: <laughs> man, yeah. So, it's 2020 now. Yes, sir. What are some of the things that you're looking ahead to? Because me, I know what I'm looking ahead to. I'm looking ahead to see LeBron playing with his son. <laughs> like, you, you uh, man, he really is going to do it, isn't he? Yo, it's going to happen. I'm calling it right now. I'm looking forward to LeBron James playing with his son. I'm looking forward to Luka winning MVP at some point. I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of these high school players that I'm watching in the NBA. I know.
1: It's going to be nice. interesting. So, okay, Qu- question, right? So so you said it's going to happen, you know, the, you know, LeBron is going to play with Bronny at some point. Where do you think it happens? going to happen with the Lakers? Is he going to is that going to go down or is he just going to No, no, no. I think Bron's going to go wherever his son's at. Yeah. He's just going to yeah, cuz it's like you know, if Bronny's as good as, you know, people think he's going to be, then, you know, he probably, you know, they don't want that to happen. You know, they want the Lakers to still be good. So, yeah, you might just, like, duck off and, and go there. Here Here's a question. So, I, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Who, in your mind, is going to be the best player of the 2020s? Who you got?
0: Damn.
1: How old is AD? He's 26, right? Actually, that's a good point.
0: He's still, yeah, he's still young. ADs like yeah. you know, uh, Giannis is twenty five. Joel Embiid's young. J- ben Simmons is hitting threes now. I really like Jason Tatum. Who's,
1: I was gonna say, who's your who's your first blush though? Like if you got to answer that question,
0: first blush, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to seeing AD without LeBron again.
1: Hmm. So, you, so you think it'll be AD will be the best player in the league with the, for the twenty twenties?
0: Ugh. You know, I I I I don't wanna go with Giannis, but I have to interesting. I have to go with Giannis. Why why, why don't you this... want to go
1: with them? I'm just curious.
0: Because I just feel like I'm hopping on the bandwagon and just saying what everybody already yeah. knows is real. You know what I'm saying? But the fact of the matter is the dude hit five threes in a game this year. And that's a scary sight.
1: <laughs> so it's like Now now I'll say this, he hasn't really been hitting Jack from three since then, you know, or at least he's been he's been struggling to but but I'll say this right, like, yeah, I, I, I get you. You know, we don't want to overdo it. But in the end, the thing is the thing. And like this man just like you he's the reigning MVP. And you I don't can know. Just... I gotta wait I gotta wait and see Zion, fam. It's like
0: I wanna see Zion. Like like I do too, but like do we see him being do we see him being like that though? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. See, that... I mean, okay, okay. If we're talking about the best player, yeah, then no. But the most exciting, I can see that. Yeah, he, I see, that, I see yeah, Zion I like, like a Shaq, you
1: know what I'm saying? He
0: could be dominating. Yeah. He could really baby do Shaq. that, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I could I could see him being like baby Shaq. What What are your thoughts on Luca? Do you think he could break that? Because I feel like, you know, I don't know. I feel like he is going to put himself in the conversation at least.
0: I mean, Luca's definitely going to be one of the top players in the NBA for the foreseeable future, <laughs> period. I, I mean, mean, whether he's one, two, or three, I don't know. But he's, he's definitely gunna- going to be... He's going to be in his prime
1: in, like, the middle of the decade. Yo, he's like, not even crazy. 21 yet, right? That's crazy. Like, he he's only going to be, like, 25, like, right in the middle of the decade. Like, he'll just barely be getting into his prime by that point. And he could be playing with his style because he's not necessarily, like, a guy who's going to be trying to dunk on everybody. You know, he's a passer. You know, he's, he's turning himself into a perimeter player. Like, man, he could play for no. a
0: while. He could, man. It's going to be real interesting, man. How do you feel about Joel Embiid?
1: See, with him, right, and, and, and I think that... Or, or you know, Carl anthony Towns. See, him I didn't think about. You know, that's an interesting question. I, I feel like Joel... Mm, see, I feel like I'm, I would look more at Joel than Carl anthony Towns, but maybe that's just because, you know, I'm kind of maybe not fully taking into account what he is now because he's really turning into... A hell of a player. I still think Joel... That's
0: crazy you just said that. Because my cousin
1: called me from jail today,
0: right? And uh, he said, he said, call Anthony Towns in the future is going to sign with the Warriors.
1: Ah, well, well, I don't know about that. And I don't know that they hold that same weight now. I don't think the Warriors... Well, by that time, by that that time, Clay's going to be back. Steph's going to be back. They locked up D'Angelo Russell. See, I'm, I'm I'm just wondering, man, because now Steph is, I think, 32. You know, and and again, like he could probably keep playing for a little while. But now, no, no, like, no, no, I take that back. I take that all back. You're right. Steph's 32,
0: and I, his ankles are his ankles are like paper. This yeah. man, Steph Curry,
1: has branded ankle braces. So uh, Do you know how wild that is. I mean they they had to they had to take him apart. You know, like like they no, 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 put no. his ankle back together, bro. His yeah, so ankle, he's started, 31 brace. now. Kyrie, his ankle braces have his logo on them. I mean, yeah. Like they had to like That's break. how bad his ankles are. They they had to create a whole new like basically like ankle braces and just rebuild his ankles from nothing because they were terrible. You know, so yeah. you know
0: what? I'm gonna go try on some yeah. Steph Curry sneakers. I I'm now very
1: curious to see how they feel. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I, I, don't, mean, know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. But yeah, so Steph's 31 right now, so I'm kinda looking at this like I don't know. Like I I just don't know. If he's going to be like, I mean, he'll still be able to shoot like that's not really a problem, you know, like he can shoot forever. But, you know, in terms of being the same guy that, you know, was a unanimous MVP at one point, I don't know that that guy is going to be back. And, and I nah, feel like nah. you know, their window is closed. And you know, I mean, all
0: that all that running around the screens and all that stuff that he was doing to get open. He's not going to be able to do necessarily that anymore. And the thing that's interesting is, I mean, he's he probably to... can, but you know, he's but but it's not going to be the nah, same. Like he's not. He's not. He's not. Go- he's thirty two. These young kids is
1: fast, man. Like, like think about it. <laughs> Shy's going to stay with Steph. Hey, man, Kyle Corver's still running around screens, and he's like eighty seven years old, bro. Like, you yeah, know, but in, you in know, the it's, end, it's all about it's the different. stamina. Just it's where about
0: though. It's different with Kyle. Like, people ain't going into the game plan game planning for Kyle Korver. It's like if he get hot, he get hot. Steph. It's like I don't we, know. Like,
1: I feel. I feel like you should at least be thinking about it. You know. No. What I, I mean, that's like, what I'm saying. You think about him. Like, I and You know, he's Kyle
0: Corva, But like with yeah, somebody it's like it's, Steph, it's, yeah. it's like, fam, we know you. We know your game. We're like, we're, you're part. We're gonna stop you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the same thing that you said earlier about Joel Embiid and the defense he played on Giannis. I think that that's something that Steph's gonna have to really deal with when he comes
1: back because I don't think people are scared of him. Yeah, and and you know the thing is like I feel like again the Warriors mystique right is is just not what it was. Um, you know, after that loss in the finals where, you know, kind of Kawhi and the Raptors dismantled them, they took them down. Like it wasn't yeah. even, it wasn't even close in the end, not really. And then you had, and, and then, and then you had the injuries take place. So yeah, I, I, I don't know that they're going to be, they're not going to be a juggernaut anymore. You know, so, you, you mentioned Joel though. I feel like I I just like, i th- I feel like he has a tendency towards consistent dominance, maybe more than Carl anthony Towns does. He's a bigger body, you know he's finally managed to stay more healthy, you know not like he's not playing every single game, but you know it's not like it was the first couple of years where he had to get shut down. It's like now he's playing he's he's playing you know and he's and he's a really good player, and I think that as he continues to explore how dominant he can really be like I think he's got an outside shot to be like a top two. You know, top two or three player in the decade, mm, in the decade, right? In the in the, in
0: the immediate decade, I'm talking like 2021. In the, in the, one that's,
1: in the one that's coming up, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in 2021, 2022. I'm very interested to see this damn Brooklyn Nets team. I want to see the dynamic between Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm easy to forget interested. about I'm very interested to see who's going to assume the role of the leader i I think it's going to be Kyrie. he's going to be the one to be like i'm calling the shots and i think because of kevin durant's experience in golden state he understands more so how to just be that guy you know what i'm saying like he could just be the guy to be depended on when he needs to be depended on and play a role as opposed to having to be the leader so i think it may work but then as soon as those two guys butt heads
1: it's over and, and again, man, like that's the that's the danger of it because they are just two really weird temperamental personalities, you know. And and, and it's got it's got the potential to be every bit as, good yeah. as it's got the potential to be every bit as good as the as the you know Kyrie and LeBron tandem was, but it's got. I feel like it's got, a, uh, you know, potential to be worse in terms of the relationship because I feel like, yeah, LeBron was, you know, the, the superstar and everything kind of orbited around him. But I feel like, you know, as passive aggressive as, passive aggressive as LeBron can be, you know, I, I, I don't know that he's quite on KD's level. You know what I mean? so I, feel I like mean, I think LeBron's a leader and KD is
0: not necessarily that. You know what I'm saying? So it's different. Leaders are baller. Yeah, when you're, not... when, you're Ky- when you're Kyrie Irving, right, and you have somebody like LeBron who's a leader, and you're looking up to that, it's like I want to be the leader. And now it, he, are, like I said, he just had his whole little stint in Boston, didn't work out him being a leader. Now you're gonna go to Brooklyn and like he's saying things like I gotta protect this and I gotta. It's like you don't, just just chill out. So I'm I'm just very interested to see the Brooklyn Nets at a full team.
1: No, that's absol- that, That's a great one. Like, I really like that look. And, you know, I'll tell you what, man, it's going to be real exciting next year when KD comes back. You know, you got to worry – got to wonder about him because, you know, coming off that Achilles injury, like, is he going to be as explosive as he once was? I'll tell you what, he doesn't have to be because he can still shoot and score from anywhere. But, you know, is he going to be the same player? It's like, if he is, man, like, that East – because I, cause I feel like the Brooklyn Nets still have have the makings of a solid team. And if, you know, he's back to being that dude and Kyrie can get his butt back on the court because he's over here missing 23 straight games, you know, it's like if they if you can just keep them both on the court, man, like they could they could seize that Eastern Conference. Like,
0: right. You are absolutely right, man. And with that being said, I'm gonna wrap it up for this week, man. We got a lot to talk about next week. I want to go over our playoff brackets. I want to rehash that next week. There's a few things Absolutely. I want to talk about for next week. I'm very interested in what you're gonna have for cash and trash. I'm gonna sit down and find some good. There's there's some things from this f- first couple of days in the. I mean, literally the first couple of days in the new oh, year yeah. that we need to
1: talk about. So, you know, other than that, man. Yeah, I was gonna you say, guys cross, to... cross your fingers, though, because, uh, you know, this due date's coming up. So hopefully, uh, you know, baby girl doesn't cramp our style. You know what I mean? Oh, man. I mean, we're going to have to do a, a episode in the hospital, man. We got to make sure she got to get, get on the episode. <laughs> Yeah, we got, we got to stay dedicated to the fans, man. It's all about you guys. And you know what? I'll, I'll, bring, I'll bring the baby on the show. I'm sure she's going to have some really interesting opinions about who's going to win the NBA finals. Um, <laughs> it, might, it might just come in, in, in a bunch of, like, you know, babbles and cries and, you know, stuff like that. She'll be eaten on the show. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Like, I, I think she's going to have some stuff to say. She's, uh, yo, I'm just going to hire her now as our intern. Well, thank
0: you, everybody, for listening. That's going to wrap up this week's episode of I Think I Know Basketball. Make
1: sure you tune in next week. I'm your boy, Keith. I'm your boy, Kyrie. Thank you so much for listening once again. Just a reminder to check us out on social media. Check us out, I Think I Know Basketball. And subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor FM app. Peace out. Until next time.